Good morning, church. So good to see you this morning. I'm so thankful for you. I love you so very much. I had a, an experience a, a few weeks ago. Um, it's one of those types of stories that as soon as it happened, I thought, that's going to be a sermon illustration right there. Uh, so just warning for all of you, whatever you say or do may be used in a sermon against you. But um, <laughs> I, was, I was actually with my family at a Rough Riders baseball game. We love to go to baseball games. And we always take a, a, a new, fresh baseball for autographs if we happen to get an autograph on the ball. And we were leaving the park, and I had our baseball in my hand. And there was a, a little boy, maybe 10 or 11, came up to me, and he said, can I borrow your baseball for a minute? Which is a weird request in and of itself. And he, he said, well, because, um, you see, I was, I was playing with my friend and we were throwing my baseball glove up in the air and we got it stuck in that tree right there. And I thought, okay, so you want to borrow my stuff to get it, your stuff out of the tree. And he said, yeah, um, but it's not just my glove because, you see, after we got that stuck, then I borrowed my friend's baseball glove and, I, I, and now that's stuck up there too. And I... So I, I started to see the humor in the situation, and that was about the time that I noticed he was only wearing one shoe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had, he had gotten that stuck up there too. And now he wanted to borrow my stuff to try to get it down. And, and as I, I tried to explain to him, maybe you should change your strategy. This one isn't working so well. And as I walked away, I thought, that kid is me. That kid is me. That kid is every one of us. Slow to learn sometimes, huh? I mean, seriously. Sometimes we're so slow to learn. God showing us the same thing over and over and over again, yet we continue to do the same thing and make the same mistakes over and over and over again. And God trying to tell us, change your way of thinking. Change your strategy this isn't working. And as I think about the story of Scripture, and I think about the way that God's people struggled to learn some of the most important things that God wanted to teach them, some of the most important lessons, particularly what we're talking about this month, that it was always God's vision, God's plan to unite every ethnicity, to unite all people in Jesus Christ, in the Messiah. That was always God's mission, was to reunite humanity in the Messiah. But God's people, generation after generation after generation, were, like many of us, slow to learn that lesson. But it's there. It's there on nearly every page of the Bible from the very beginning. In fact, even the way that the, the nations, every ethnic group, came to be. You see, because their law, the law that God's people had, the, the law that Moses gave them, taught them how to think about their neighbors of every ethnicity. And every other ethnic group, the law taught them that these ethnic groups didn't spring up or originate independently of one another, right? The law taught them that every ethnic group shared the same heritage, that every ethnic group was related 
that these were our distant cousins, that all of these groups didn't come to be independently of one another. They all came from Adam. So they were supposed to think of the nations, to think of other ethnic groups as their distant cousins. And by the way, so should we. Your your next door neighbor or your neighbor on the other side of the world, whatever their ethnicity, that's your distant cousin. Amen? This is what the law was teaching them from from day one. And then even the, the first promise that God made to Abraham. Do you remember Genesis chapter 12? Look at Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3. He said to Abraham, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Not just so that you will be blessed, but so that you will be a blessing. I'm going to bless you so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is the covenant that God made with Abraham and Abraham's descendants. That it was going to be through Abraham, not just that the Jewish people, not just that the Israelite people would be the blessed ones, but that all families of the earth would be the blessed ones through Abraham. That Abraham was coming into covenant relationship with God so that through him, all the ethnic groups of the world might be blessed in him. See, and Paul looks back at this promise and he says, that's the gospel right there. Paul says that's the gospel. Look at Galatians 3 and verse 8. He's talking about this promise, and he says, And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, the Greek word there is ethnos, the other ethnic groups, everyone who is not Jewish, everybody else, all of the nations, all of the ethnos, he would justify the ethnos by faith. The scripture, foreseeing that God was going to do this, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, in you shall all the ethnos, all of the nations, be blessed. See, it's it's there. From the very beginning of Genesis, Paul says that was the gospel preached beforehand. That was the gospel preached beforehand. That the gospel is not just about God reconciling himself with humanity. The gospel is also God reconciling humanity with humanity. Reconciling all of the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. Bringing them into a unified, multi-ethnic, multinational, multilingual family kingdom in the Messiah Jesus. That was always God's And again, it's there on nearly every page of the Bible. Psalm chapter 22, a psalm we we might know well, we preached on just a few weeks ago. Psalm 22, verses 27, 28 says, All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations." The the Hebrew word for nations is goyim, the the idea of Gentiles, the other ethnos, the other ethnic groups, all of the nations of the world. 
The promise of the Messiah was that God was going to rule over the Goyim, over the Gentiles, over the ethnos, over the nations, over all people, that it wasn't God's will just to have one ethnic group, but to have every ethnic group united in the Messiah. This is the promise that over and over and over and over and over again throughout the pages of what we call the Old Testament, what they called their scriptures. God was trying to show them and teach them. Yet, like so many of us, we can be so slow to learn. Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah, chapter 14, verses 8 and 9. On that day, living waters shall flow out from Jerusalem, half of them to the eastern sea and half of them to the western sea. It shall continue in summer as in winter, and the Lord will be king over all the earth. On that day, the Lord will be one and his name one. This is what we see being fulfilled in the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is the living waters that are flowing out from Jerusalem so that the Lord can reign over all the earth, over the goyim, over the ethnos, over the nations, over the Gentiles, over all people, and unite all people with the Spirit and in the Spirit and in the Messiah. This was the promise of the prophets. This was the promise that God made to Abraham. And yet so many people, so many of us, are so slow to learn that this has always been the will of God. Isaiah chapter 56, verses 6 and 7. Isaiah 56. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants. Everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. You see, you remember that being quoted? Do you remember who quoted that passage about the temple, that it was supposed to be a house of prayer for the nations, for all people? It was Jesus, wasn't it? Who drove out the money changers from the temple and who rebuked them and said, my house, the house of God, the house of my father is supposed to be a house of prayer for all peoples, for all nations, for the goyim, for the Gentiles, for the world. God wants to rule over all people groups and to unite them all in the Spirit and in the Messiah. This has always been the will of God. And he hinted at it and showed them and teased it all along on nearly every page of Scripture. But we can be so slow to learn. In fact, that's what the, the Great Commission is all about, isn't it? That's what the Great Commission that Jesus gave to his apostles is all about. The way that Luke records it in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, here's what Jesus says, Acts 1 and verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. It has always been the will of God to unite all ethnic groups in the Messiah. And Jesus commanded his apostles 
Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all people, to all creation. And everyone who believes, everyone who is baptized will be saved. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to do all that I've commanded you. This was for all people, not just for the Jewish people, not just for their more close cousins, the Samaritans, but for everybody. But for years, for years, for years, the church didn't do this. Oh, they preached to the Samaritans. Philip preached to the Samaritans. And and there was one Ethiopian eunuch who was baptized. But for the most part, they were spreading the gospel just among Jewish people. This was really hard for them to wrap their minds around. Why? Because people like us are so slow to learn. And so finally, Jesus had to take matters into his own hands. God had to take matters into his own hands. So it took multiple miracles to bring Jewish people and Gentile people together. So finally, there is a large group of goyim. There is a large group of Gentiles. There is a large group of the nations gathered, anticipating to hear the good news about the Messiah. And that's where we pick up in our story, Acts chapter 10, verse 34, that we've been studying the last few weeks. Acts 10, verse 34, Peter opened his mouth and said, truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, every ethnos, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to judge, to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the message that Peter is sharing with Cornelius and his household. And then verse 44, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word and the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were, what does it say? Amazed. They were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the ethnos, even on the goyim, even on the nations, even on the Gentiles, for they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Now, that word amazed, it means to to see something that almost defies explanation. I, I cannot believe I cannot explain what I'm seeing. I cannot explain what I'm hearing. These goyim, 
these Gentiles, these ethnos, these people of the nations, these Romans are speaking in other tongues. They're extolling God. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on them the way it was on us on the day of Pentecost. And they're shocked. They're amazed that God would pour out his spirit even on the Gentiles. Now, isn't that, isn't that in and of itself kind of amazing that they're still amazed after everything that God said to Abraham, after everything that the law of Moses told them, after everything that the prophet said, after everything the psalmist said, after everything the scriptures bore witness to, and after Jesus told them that the gospel was for everybody, after multiple miracles, this is the last miracle that finally convinces them, oh, oh, this really is for everybody to learn sometimes, aren't we? Oh, oh, it's not okay. It's not okay for us to keep this just to ourselves. It's it's not okay to only build relationships with and share the good news with people that are like me or come from my group. This really is for everybody. It took passage after passage. It took prophecy after prophecy. It took miracle after miracle for it finally to dawn on them. And I'm not being hard on them. I'm being hard on me. Because I know that I'm just as slow to learn sometimes. But God is patient. Amen? God is patient. And he showed them over and over and over again, this has always been my will. This has always been the plan. This was never just for one ethnic group. This was always for the nations. It was always for all people. It was to the Jew first, but it was also for the Greek. It was also for the Gentile. It was also for the nations. So I love the last part of verse 46. Peter declared, I love this question, can anyone withhold water from baptizing, for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. And after we've spent three weeks getting to this part of the story, and, and, and yet God has spent thousands of years getting to this part of the story, finally, 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 who can withhold water? for baptizing these people. Share baptism baptism with them. Share salvation with them. Share forgiveness with them. Share Jesus with them. God wants them part of his family. Stop withholding water from them. Stop withholding the message from them. Share, share what you have with all people. That's the message for all of us. That's always been the message. It's always been the message. Share what you have with all people. When God told Abraham, I'm going to make a special covenant with you, it wasn't just so that Abraham would receive a blessing. It was so that Abraham would be a blessing to the nations. But it was finally in his son, in his son, in his descendant, in his seed, Jesus, that all the nations could be blessed through him 
that all the nations would be brought into the covenant family of God. But God, over and over and over again, communicated to them, this has always been my will. This has always been my plan. I've always wanted to reconcile the nations in the seed of Abraham. But unfortunately, this wouldn't be the last time that this controversy would come up. In fact, in fact, for those of us that think, Wes, why are we spending three weeks talking about this? Because most of the New Testament is about this. Most of the New Testament is about this. And even though miracle after miracle, God shows them, hey, the covenant family is for every ethnic group. They still struggled to believe it. They still struggled to accept it. They still wanted to, to put their ethnic customs and culture onto other people and say, okay, well, yeah, I guess they can come in, but they need to be circumcised and they need to keep the Sabbath and they need to eat kosher foods. And Paul would preach over and over and over again, nonsense. Stop adding to the gospel. They belong here as much as you belong here. Everyone belongs in the family of God. And so the books of Romans... Galatians, Ephesians, this is the theme of all three of those books. That the covenant family of God is for all people. And not only is it for all people, this was always God's plan. It was always God's plan. This was always the good news. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 4. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 4. Paul says this, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. And I love that phrase, the mystery of Christ. Mystery in the, in the Bible means something that was a secret, something that was kind of concealed, but now it's been revealed. Something that was a secret, but it's not a secret anymore. The secret's out. And Paul says, when you read this, that you can perceive my insight into the very mystery of Christ. And this mystery was not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery, this is the secret. This is the big secret. This is the eternal plan and purpose of God. The mystery is that the Gentiles, the ethnos, the nations, are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. That word partakers means co-participants, sharers, that we, we share these blessings. And Paul says, no, people didn't get it before. People didn't understand it before. It was a mystery before. It was a secret before, although it was hinted at all throughout the scriptures. But now he's saying this, you have to understand this now. There's no excuse for not understanding this. Now, this is the mystery of Christ. That all people, all ethnic groups, Jews and Gentiles, are all sharers. They're all co-participants, fellow heirs in the blessings that God is giving. In fact, in the next chapter, and it may be a passage you know well, in Ephesians 4, he talks about the, the ones that we have in common, doesn't he? And he says, there's one body, there's one body, there's one spirit, there's one hope, there's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, there's one God and Father of all. There's how many bodies? How many? Just one. There's not a Jewish body and a Gentile body. There's not a body for every ethnic group. There is one 
body. We share the body. There is one spirit. We share the spirit. The spirit fills the one body and unites the one body together. There is one baptism. There isn't a baptism for the Jewish people and a baptism for the Gentile people. There's not a baptism for this this ethnic group and another baptism for that ethnic group. We share the baptism. We share the cup. We share the bread. We share the Father. We share the Spirit. We share the forgiveness. We share the inheritance. We become one body in Jesus. And we can't have these blessings unless we're willing to share these blessings. But if you're a parent, you know, you know how hard it is to teach your kids how to share, isn't it? And it was hard to teach the Israelites how to share, and sometimes it's hard to teach me how to share. But the Spirit's blessings are shared blessings. The Spirit's blessings are shared blessings. And I love that word share because sharing takes intentionality. It's intentional and it's reciprocal. Sharing is intentional and reciprocal, reciprocal, meaning that, that it's both about giving and receiving. And it's intentional in that you can't do it accidentally. Sometimes we think, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not discriminatory. Like, I'm not discriminatory. Like, you know, it's fine. It's fine. I, I don't discriminate against anybody. It's not just about not discriminating. It's not just about what you don't do. It's also about what you intentionally do. You have to be intentional about sharing life together, sharing blessings together. And it's reciprocal. It's giving and receiving And and this is how we experience the blessings of the body. This is how we experience the blessings of the Spirit is we share life together. I think about all of the brothers and sisters that I've known in my life and all of the brothers and sisters that I've yet to get to know and all of the blessings that have come by sharing life together. And there is a particular blessing that comes when you share life And you share the body with people who have a very different background than you. There is a particular blessing that you experience, that you enjoy by sharing life with people who come from a different background than you. I think about some of my brothers and sisters that I've shared life with that lived in the Soviet Union. Or those that experienced the apartheid in South Africa. Or one sister who shared with me about the discrimination that she faced in Okinawa. Or about my brothers and sisters that experienced segregation in Jim Crow South. Those experiences of sharing life, of giving and receiving with my brothers and sisters who come from a different background and heritage, their willingness to share their experiences with me to share their life with me and allow me to share my life with them. This is what it is to be part of the body of Jesus. The blessings cannot be overstated. And this has always been the will and the plan of God is that we be united, every ethnicity in Christ, and that we share the blessings of the Spirit with one another. 
was telling Aaron before services that I was thinking about a brother that I met, that we met in Estonia with uh, Aaron and Kevin and I were in Tallinn and there was a brother there, spoke not a word of English, older man, spoke only Russian and he came up to us the very last night we were there and probably talked to us for five minutes. We didn't have a translator with us. I understood nothing. I got nothing. I didn't understand a word of what he said, but we understood what he meant. And I didn't speak his language. And I want to get to know that brother better. But I know he loved me. And I know I loved him. And I know we're sharing in the spirit together. We are depriving ourselves and others of, of blessings when we don't participate in the intentionality and the reciprocity of sharing life in the spirit with all people. This is the will of God, and it's for your blessing. It is for your blessing that we share life with the people with whom we share the Spirit, and that we share the Spirit with those who don't share in the Spirit yet. The Spirit's blessings are shared blessings. And if you don't share in those blessings yet, or if we can help you to share in those blessings more, our elders would love to visit with you in the prayer room, or right now you have this opportunity to come forward as together we stand and sing.